Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Hi everyone, my name is Manpreet and welcome to Through the Noise. Now this week we're going to talk a little bit about China uh, because we've had some significant events here from a, from a macro data perspective um, last week in particular. Now, Regular sort of followers of the economy will know that uh, the Chinese economy has delivered a string of strong economic uh, surprises on the positive side uh, since its post-COVID reopening. But we have seen that data soften to some extent over the last few weeks and particularly with some data disappointments last week. So naturally, uh, that raises some questions about what that may mean for the outlook for Chinese earnings and, of course, Chinese assets, both on the equities uh, and dollar bond side uh, from this point onwards. So to jump into that, we have uh, Daniel Lam, who is our Hong Kong-based head of equity strategy. Um, and of course, uh, that, that makes him a very good person to have this conversation with. So welcome, Daniel. Uh, thanks for joining us Thank today. You. And let's Let's jump right into the market. So the Hang Seng Index, um, we have seen it underperform uh, you know, several other major regional equity markets lately. What is your take on that, on, on whether that, that my underperformance can extend or could we, could we see a rebound? Thanks, Manpreet. So like you said, the recent data in China has been underperforming. So the latest ones being the fixed asset investment, industrial production and retail sales this week. So what we do believe in is that further targeted and measured policy stimulus is increasingly likely to be needed in order to boost sentiment and employment, as well as to revive private sector business confidence. And the other factor to look at is on the individual company levels, we have been getting earnings announcement, especially from the internet heavyweights, um, which may support the index. So if you look at the Hang Seng Technology Index, which is heavy on the internet companies, um, there has been some positive technical signs. Uh, you look at the relative strength indicator there has begun to edge higher despite the index um, holding its support level. So that basically means diminishing strength in the selling of the sector, uh, which we would view as a prelude to a potential rebound. So in terms of sectors, we would be concentrating upon the consumer discretionary and communication services sector. And uh, these are basically the heavy internet sectors. Thanks, Daniel. Um, maybe on the, on the dollar bond side, what about uh, Chinese high yield bonds? Um, you know, arguably, you've seen similar trends there as we have in equity markets. Yeah, that's right. So they have enjoyed a strong rebound in the early part of this year because of the reopening in China. But recently, they have lost steam and underperformed the China IG bonds. So a few reasons why. Uh, first of all, the recovery was mainly limited to state-backed developers, which have been benefiting from stronger refinancing channels. And the higher bonds are more sensitive to economic growth expectations versus the IG ones. Okay, So um, you look at the Q1 GDP data, China started strong. But of course, recently the data um, has been um, underperforming. And lastly, of course, the China Q1 recovery has been skewed towards the consumption sector, which has a relatively small weight in the Asian high yield asset class. So our preference there is still on IG bonds. Uh, we believe that they give better quality and risk adjusted return um, to investors. Uh, what about the renminbi? I mean, we've seen dollar CNY also break above the seven level. Um, is, is that sort of the start of a, of a trend higher in that pair? 
Well, basically, it's also a result of the weaker than expected economic data, um, which basically lead to renewed expectations of further policy easing, uh, which can shift the interest rate differential against the CNY. So the levels that we see, um, 7.0425 and 7.1060 are the near-term resistance levels. Uh, but on a longer 6 to 12-month horizon, we expect that the decline in U.S. bond yields would be pushing the pair back below 7 and to break below uh, 6.9460. Okay, That would basically signal further CMY strength in the medium to long term. All right, so let's broaden this conversation out a little. We've spoken a lot about, obviously, uh, several different Chinese uh, and China-related assets, uh, but one area where China is quite influential uh, because of its sizes on commodity prices and commodity currencies. So given what we what you just discussed, what impact do you see in, on sort of oil and gold particularly and some of the key commodity currencies like the Aussie and the Canadian dollar? Well, oil, of course, um, there is a heavy Chinese inference there. Um, China consumes close to 16% of the world's oil production and also accounted for nearly 60% of the global oil demand growth this year. So a slowing Chinese economy would pose downside risk to oil prices. Uh, but um, basically, we believe that policy stimulus is likely to come through. Um, so you know, over the next three months, we're expecting oil to be range-bounding. Uh, gold, of course, is benefiting from um, soft China data because investors may be seeking a hedge against macro uncertainties. And also um, the Chinese central bank, PBOC, um, also continue to be the second largest central bank buyer of gold in the first quarter of this year. So we're expecting gold prices to be quite well supported around the current levels. And finally, looking at the commodity currencies, actually, we don't believe that the recent data alters our view on commodity currencies because the main driver there is the interest rate differentials rather than the commodity prices. Um, so if you look at the um, uh, specific currencies, um, tactically, uh, because of the recent weakness in the oil prices, then we would see greater downside risk for the uh, CAD compared to, say, Aussie dollar and the Kiwi dollar. Okay. Um, and broadening it out a little bit further again, even looking beyond China, the, the other big story in financial markets this week arguably was uh, the strong performance of Japanese equities. So in fact, I don't know how many investors have followed this closely, but we had the topics index break out to its highest level since 1990. Um, is that something investors should be paying, paying more attention to? Yes, we believe so. Because if you look at the Japan economic data, it's actually faring better than expected. This week, the GDP figure, private consumption, and capital expenditure um, beat expectations quite handily. And Topics is at the highest level since 1990, um, on the courtesy of foreign infos uh, since the beginning of this quarter, which was at 30 billion US dollar. And that's some of the largest inflow into Japanese equities in the past decade. And a major catalyst on this is because of the improving corporate governance in Japanese companies. So that's highly encouraged by the Tokyo Stock Exchange. Share buyback is at the highest level at 71 billion US dollar in the financial year ending March this year. And that corporate governance is usually the Achilles heel in Japanese equities. So these kind of um, buyback as well as more dialogues between companies and the shareholders um, 
goes to contribute to um, address this concern. And also there has been some untangling of the complicated shareholder structure as well. So those are factors that are going for Jap Japanese equities at this moment in time. Plus, of course, you know, they're relatively cheap versus global equities. Okay, thanks very much, Daniel. I think uh, we, we'll end it there, short and sharp as always. Uh, so very much appreciate uh, you know th those responses today and the discussion on China. If I can again summarize what I took away from today's conversation, uh, top three points. First, of course, when it comes to Chinese equities, uh, given the data, you know, if, if we do see support from further policy measures, the sectors, China communication services and consumer discretionary, of course, two that potentially stand out. A second takeaway, of course, on Asia dollar bonds and, and, and Chinese US dollar bonds, um, clearly a strong preference for investment grade coming through there. And third, on the currency side, uh, when it comes to dollar CNY, we'd watch the key sort of um, resistance levels around 7.04 and 7.10. Uh, but the Canadian dollar, of course, potentially uh, facing the, the most downside uh, from here, given what we've seen in commodity prices. And this week, I might add a fourth, uh, you know, on that last question that, you know, the opportunity in Japanese equities, perhaps something, uh, you know, worth sort of watching closely. So we'll end it there. Thanks very much, Daniel, for, for joining us today. And once again, thank you, listeners, uh, for taking the time to listen to the podcast, uh, which we hope you find uh, find insightful. Um, wish you a, a, a great weekend ahead and look forward to speaking with you again next week. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights.